Behind the Knife, the surgery podcast, where we take a behind-the-scenes, intimate look at surgery from leaders in the field. Welcome to another episode of Behind the Knife. Today, we're continuing our Annals of Surgery Journal Club series with Dr. Pierre Clevian, um, and we are also joined by uh, Roxanne Steger. Um, so Dr. Clavian is professor and chairman of the Department of Surgery in Zurich, Switzerland. He completed a PhD in an uh, HPV and liver transplant fellowship in Toronto, Canada, prior to a tenure at Duke University. Um, and now he's back in Switzerland. He's on multiple editorial boards and as a surgeon scientist has been very active in research. Um, his name may sound familiar to you as one half of the Clavian Dindo classification of surgical complications. Uh, he is joining us today to discuss a paper titled The Comprehensive Complication Index is a novel cost assessment tool for surgical procedures. And uh, like I said, we are also joined by the first author of this paper, Roxanne, um, who is completing her PhD, and this was part of the project. Okay, thank you very much for the uh, invitation and for your uh, interest in this uh, other study on outcome research. Thank you so much for joining us. I will uh, start off our discussion, and my first question for you both is, what inspired you to do the study? So maybe I start with this question since uh, it's important to have good ideas and do something that is relevant. Uh, for many years, doctors, surgeons were not so much involved in health economy. We basically ignore uh, this topic over the past decade. It no doubt that we must be also here involved. We have figures coming from our administration and other payers who are complaining that we are too expensive, so we must uh, go in, in this field too. Uh, the, the idea here was to develop a tool or something that is uh, easy accessible, that we understand easily, that give us some information about the cost of a procedure of a, of a group of a group of patients. The first uh, observation that we, we made and with other centers is that the most significant driving force for costs in surgery is complications. This is postoperative complication that have the most significant impact on the cost at the end of the day, and not the risk factors which play also a role, but the the, the complications. So with this idea, uh, we uh, decided to look at a formula, simple formula, taking most into account the complication, the baseline price that will enable us to assess the cost of uh, procedures. And this uh, work was done by Roxanne Steiger, who uh, finished a complete residency and now is doing a PhD, uh, with uh, one of the main focus is exactly this, to look at uh, complications. She will develop a bit how we measure these complications to adjust also for some risk factors. And at the end of the day, to have a formula that uh, gives us information about the cost of the procedure. Dr. Steiger, could you briefly um, describe how the the, your metric works, how the, the, compre the comprehensive complication index is calculated and how that uh, directly influences uh, costs? Uh, yes, I'm happy to. Well, the comprehensive complication index was actually established by my predecessor in 2013, Xenia Menac, which um, actually came up with the great idea to reflect overall morbidity 
on a scale from zero to 100, meaning zero, the patient has no complication at all, and 100 means the patient died after surgery. Now, overall morbidity in comparison to the Clavian Dingo classification gives us the possibility to include more than just one single complication, usually, which is usually stated as um, when complications are graded by Clavian Dingo classification. Now, with the Compre Comprehensive Complication Index, as we call it, CCI, um, we have the possibility to include several complications because all patient, most patients have usually more than one complication in more complicated surgeries. So now we have the possibility by grading each single complication that occurred by Clavier-Dindo classification and then put it into the comprehensive complication index calculation and come out with an uh, answer to the question, how high was overall morbidity after this specific surgery, which lies somewhere between zero and 100 as mentioned. And lower complications, like if you just have one grade one complication is around 8.7 CCI points and multiple complications with um, intensive care stays, multiple re-operations will end up above 60 up to 80, 90. And, and with that metric established, how did you go from um, this complication index to predicting cost for a wide variety of surgical procedures? Can you walk us through the, the study design and, and uh, sort of briefly uh, describe your outcomes? Yes, yes, of course. Well, for this surgery, we uh, for this study, we focused on um, just abdominal uh, surgeries because that's pretty much where our specialty lays in. And um, what we did is we collected first data on cost and complications of the patients during three years in our hospital. And our first step was actually to to identify if CCI would be a good um, substitute for cost, meaning is there a high correlation, a high match of um, cost to the level of overall morbidity? Once we have established that, that was actually the first step necessary to actually be able to create a prediction model on the basis, because if there had not been such a strong correlation between CCI and cost, there wouldn't have been a point in trying to develop a, a prediction model. Now, what we did is we collected, as I said, cost and complication data on seven different abdominal surgery um, operations, which were for mild severity like um, cholecystectomy or bariatric surgeries up to more complicated um, operations such as pancreas surgery, liver transplantation. The idea was to get a wide range of complications from mild ones up to high complex postoperative courses which give a, a high CCI level. And later on there's a second step. We um, try to figure out which parameters would be um, important to um, predict costs. And of course, there's always um, the, the question of, of comorbidity, which um, you see in the end we didn't include because we figured comorbidity is well reflected in the patient's age as well as type of surgery. So overall, what we came up is the prediction parameters which were important to us were age of the patient, 
type of complication of um, I'm sorry type of um, operation and the overall morbidity level measured by CCI. And with those three simple parameters, we can very well predict costs uh, as we detect it. And we also, of course, validated this prediction model first as a, as a temporal validation on a second part of our data. And further on, did an international validation of our prediction model on six international centers, which included uh, Europe as well as uh, USA. And um, what we came up with, with was actually quite interesting because now what we detected is that it, it matters, H really matters um, how much the costs increase after surgery. Like if, if a patient is between, I don't know, up to 50 years old, there is no increase. But suddenly, if the patient's between 50 and 70 years old, there is suddenly an increase of 12% of the cost. And if the patient is above 70 years, there's a 25 24% increase of the total cost of this searcher, which we analyzed. So this was an actually interesting because there we see that comorbidity is actually reflected in age. And another interesting finding which we had was um, that per each 10 CCI points, um, costs increase by 14%. So now we offer, of course, uh, a web page, so nobody has to calculate this in, in their minds. But with our prediction model, now we can just put in how old the patient was, what type of abdominal surgery was performed, and how high overall morbidity was, so the CCI level. And it gives a very well reflection of the costs to be expected of the treatment of that patient. In your results, you um, talked about the correlation being stronger between um, the uh, um, more morbid operations. Um, and so like cholecystectomy, bariatric surgery had a, low, a weaker correlation between the CCI and cost. And um, so we're, you, I think you addressed this kind of in the discussion at ESA, but could you talk a little bit more about how um, I think you said that the accuracy is still there. It's just the correlation is weaker. So what is the difference between the like accuracy and correlation? And then do you think there's a, a better way to predict, predict costs in less morbid operations? So yes, you, you actually talk about a very important point. Um, and that's why I explained it as a two-step procedure before. The correlation of cost and, and, and overall morbidity, CCI, um, is the basis which was needed to actually have a prediction model which will bring um, results which are true. So if, if this wouldn't match as well, the overall morbidity and costs, because you must understand the more complications a, a patient has, the more treatment the patient needs. And of course, the costs rise up, which means like longer hospitals stay, um, more treatment, more, more uh, hours in the OR. This all adds up costs. 
That's why it's important to um, collect each individual complication, not just once when it occurred, but whenever the patient has to go back into the OR, we need to count this as a separate um, complication, although it's still on the basis of the same problem, because each one of those treatments increases costs, and each one of these treatments need to go into the CCI calculation. And once you actually really count every single complication, it makes sense that it also increases in the same line as cost. So this is the basis of the correlation. For just out of interest, we, we, we analyzed it in the different groups of surgery. And as you saw that in like cholecystectomy or bariatric surgery, there is a, is a lower range of CCI. Meaning that, of course, after cholecystectomy, it's rare that a patient ends up uh, on intensive care with a long intensive stay, intensive care treatment. Therefore, um, it makes sense that the range of the CCI is smaller. And because the range of overall morbidity is, is limited there, the correlation is not as strong. This has nothing to do with the accuracy of the prediction model, because for the prediction model, this was based actually on, on the whole range of CCI. So the accuracy for, of our prediction model is just as strong for lower CCI as for higher CCI. Actually, as we've discovered, it's, it's stronger for the lower CCI because we just had more results with lower CCI. Therefore, it doesn't matter if, if it's bariatric surgery or just a liver wedge resection, which, of course, also have low morbidity. The, the accuracy of the model is the same. Prediction and correlation, we shouldn't mix that. So these are, first, we need to establish correlation so we can develop a valid prediction model. I wanted to go back to your um uh, when you were talking about the age and that uh, being a big factor in the in the model. So if comorbidities do not need to be in this model, does that mean that uh, we, we do not need to risk adjust for these comorbidities uh, when comparing surgeons on cost and complications? Is age the alone factor that we are considering? I state my opinion. Um, what we did is... Our prediction model just predicts cost. So, of course, you always have to reflect on um, comorbidities just for our model because comorbidity is very difficult to measure. Um, common measures are ASA score or um, Charson comorbidity index. They're just not very precise measure of comorbidity because there is a lot of subjectivity or the Charleston also has measurements in there or illnesses in there which are not as severe nowadays anymore as they were some years ago. So that's, of course, we wanted to include comorbidity, but we did that by uh, age as well as type of surgery because age, as we saw, the higher or the older the patient gets, the more comorbidity the patient has, of course, the, the more prone he is for, for um, complications after surgery. And this is reflected in the increased percentage, which costs increase depending on the age group. 
and also surgery reflects very well um, certain comorbidities a patient brings. Um, the easiest example I always find is bariatric surgery because those people which are overweight usually have, or many of them have comorbidities as uh, hypertension or diabetes. So they're also, just in choosing this type of surgery, in combination with the age, we, um, we have a, a very good reflection on the comorbidity of the patient. We can, it's, and the idea was actually to, to have a simple um, prediction model, not to, to give the surgeons more work. So we wanted to keep it simple. And once we saw that just by adding age and the type of surgery, we got such a, a great um, or, or strong prediction, we did not think it was necessary to include, include even more predictors, which make it more complicated. Yeah, indeed, what we wanted is a simple formula and which capture these comorbidities. And when you take the baseline surgery age and then what's happening postoperatively, you basically capture all the comorbidity before. And I think this is one of the attractiveness from this formula is that it's pretty straightforward. Thank you. And, um, you know, one of the broader implications of this uh, research that you, you mentioned in your paper is that, um, you know, we could A, potentially reimburse surgeons in hospitals based on the CCI rather than a diagnosis-related group or something like that. What are your thoughts on using the CCI to benchmark and compare surgeons and, uh, and, and further to maybe use that to reimburse surgeons in hospitals? Well, I mean, this, this is, those are also very important questions. And we have a big debate in the U.S. also about risk avoidance, right? I mean, to disclose every complication, everything people are very worried, and you just don't do it, right? You just don't operate this patient. So some people are very uh, afraid of too many good tools to assess outcome. Transplant is an example, for example, but there are many other diseases. So I think this is every time when you do any kind of research, you come with your idea, but you do not control completely the use of the research, and you just hope that you are doing something good and not something bad. First question you have, can we assess your surgeon? We know from, from a group in, in, in Korea, in Seoul, they're doing a lot of, uh, they do more than 1,000 gastrectomy, and in fact, they're using the CCI, showing slide, to evaluate the I remember five or seven, six or seven surgeons that are doing this, or to evaluate what they are doing over time. So you have to be very careful I mean, by doing this. Number one, of course, if you just use CCI now here to evaluate the surgeon, you need to make sure that, that they operate the same type of patients, that you are not, uh, yeah, you need some risk adjustment. Uh, so it can be used, but very carefully. I think it should be used internally. It should not be something on the website to judge your surgeon because he has a higher CCI, but that the People have the data and then they can see themselves that my CCI is higher than the other people. I have more complication. Why is it? As an example, in our department in Zurich, every cases that are higher CCI that are benchmark need to be discussed in the MMN. So we can really discuss what, what's going on. So I think we have to be very careful here not to just use the CCI as another metric to evaluate people just like that. I think it really needs to be risk adjusted uh, in some way. The second question you have about reimbursement. Of course, as surgeon, we want to have easy tool that we understand that makes sense, that we have an idea about the cost. 
as you mentioned, and others, they say, well, this is great. So your stuff, the worst surgeon have more money, right? I mean, if you uh, treat your patient poorly and has a lot of complications, then you get more money. No payers, no insurance will go for that. So you need to have a use that is different, meaning that you need to evaluate the center. That's our, our concept. You evaluate that the center is a center of excellence, that your data are good, right? That you are respected for what we are doing that need to be established. Then when that is done, that could be reevaluated every two or three years, then you use the CCI or uh, the formula that Roxanne has developed here, not just the CCI, but this formula to get your cost and to be uh, reimbursed. I think that's important that if there is complication, only those who never operated no complication, that you can be reimbursed for, uh, for what you, you have done. Will that pass? People like DRG, this is simple. They try to pay the least. And I think if us as a surgeon, we use this formula, are not shy to tell we are doing a good work with complication, but we are doing a good work, please reimburse based on the real cost. This is cost. Then I think it could be a good tool. So at least this is what we try to, to promote. Will that be accepted? That's another, another question. But at least we can compare the reimbursement with what we think it is, and not just with insurance, but with our own hospitals. Sorry, have you um, have you tried advocating for this policy change in Switzerland or in any other market? Well, we are not so ambitious. Uh, we uh, we now this is an academic piece of work that Roxanne has done, part of her PhD. Now, how people we use it, like the classification, we we have, we have to try. We're doing locally. We're doing in our hospital from our department. We are comparing that. You know, between an idea, a publication, and adoption, you have usually a decade. You will be close to retirement when uh, what you de you're doing is adopted by the entire world. It takes time. I think it needs to be tested. Number one is, is multi-centers been validated all by us. i just aware that there's a few other groups, I think in New York, if I'm correct, that in use this and they found also good correlation. So it needs some sort of uh, validation, acceptance by others. Uh, and then with the pressure we have on, on, on health, on the cost and all that, we may use this kind of tool. I'm, I'm pretty optimistic that at some point we may we may use it. It's simple, it's reproducible, and it goes across country. This is not charges. This is not the difference how you charge your patient in the US versus uh, in France or in Switzerland. This is the real cost. So there's not so much difference. You know, you treat the patient the same way, the complication are about the same. So I think it gives a little bit the realistic a cost of, of healthcare for patients. So we'll see. First of all, um, in the paper, you um, and kind of what we're talking about, we're suggesting reimbursement based on complication rate as opposed to the DRG where you're compensating or it's like a flat rate for a diagnosis. And so is that going to reward lower performing surgeons in hospitals? Is there a way to um, kind of differentiate when it's related to patient factors versus um, related to a variation in surgeon skills or hospital resources. And then secondary to that, my question, so again, in your discussion, I think at the ERS, um, the question came up about um, non-academic centers, and you talked about how they typically have lower costs because of the infrastructure, but what about low resource centers? Because I'd imagine the cost for a complication, even if it's a lesser complication, would still be greater for a lower resource uh, region or hospital or center. Well, I think the 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 uh, the first question I somewhat tried to address with the previous question here, which means are we rewarding poor performance because complication equal poor performance? I think what I'm saying here, I think 
particularly in a tertiary center when you have complicated cases, you cannot have the same DRG that center are operating on, on patients who are less risk and less complication. So the first, in order to apply such formula, is to establish that your center is a center of excellence, that your benchmark are good, that you have good outcome, good process, whatever the healthcare policy want to establish you in an academic center or non-academic center, and your work is good, right, in the metric. Then you need to be reimbursed for your work. Once it's established, then you are reimbursed for what you have done, the cost, not the charge, what you have done, and that includes also complication, which take into account the comorbidities in the age, etc. at the end of the day. So you're reimbursed for the real work you have done. So that's the, the postulate, and you are not reimbursing for poor performance. That's another level of evaluation. If you have poor result, then you have action that need to be taken for your center, and then you stop what you are doing, etc. as it's done in liver transplant and other things uh, uh, in, uh, in the US. Now, the other question that you're asking is also a very good question because, I mean, the cost of complication or, or, or how you treat the complication may indeed differ between particularly the community hospital and the largest academic centers. It could be uh, different. That needs to be tested. What's the, I think the principle is the same. The formula is the same. The baseline cost could be maybe less in different hospitals. We see that in Switzerland. If you go in our hospital or you go in a community hospital, the baseline for the same procedure is different. Remember, the, the insurance will pay more our academic center and pay less another one, and they can manipulate and send patients to the low-cost hospital. But at the end of the day, the formula is the same, and the baseline is included in the formula from Roxanne. It is here. So uh, that needs to be studied to see we, what's the variation among countries, among the goal and the target and the idea is something that would be applicable among countries and different type of hospital. That still needs to be tested. Yeah, and I think that segues pretty well into our last question for you both. And that was this taking up this daunting task of like comparing these models over, um, you know, totally two different healthcare systems. And, um, you know, the comparison between costs in Switzerland versus places like the U.S. Uh, could you shed some light on how um, how did you come up with this in international validation? Kind of give us a, a brief overview on the recalibrated data uh, table that you had in your paper. And um, did you have to like adjust for average prices in each country or market? Like uh, what? how did you go around kind of tackling this big problem? Um, actually, Professor Columbia mentioned the most important part already. What we uh, collected were total costs, what actually the treatment of this patient during the period of three months, what this cost. And that's now the charges. So what we did is first we established this in Zurich, Switzerland, and then went to different countries and collected their data, which was this collected the same way, also in a prospective way. And then we looked at the data and what we discovered is that there were, there were not that many differences, especially between Switzerland and the US. We're both known for very high costs in healthcare. So there were, there were not many, there many differences there, but compared to Europe, as we also mentioned in the paper, there was a difference. But it was a linear difference. So what we what we did is we adjusted the model 
um, by updating the, the intercept, which just moved up the prediction model a little bit. So the results were again accurate. So what we found eventually or what we offer is actually two different um, prediction models. One is for Europe and one is for the US because we, we discovered these differences and we corrected for it. However, between Switzerland and the US, there was hardly any difference. And another thing which is very important, what, what you get when you use the prediction model is you get the median of patients in the same age group with the same type of surgery and with the same CCI point. So, of course, there is a variation. There is not the precise amount of money you will spend on this patient, but you will get a very realistic reflection of what to expect. Do you clarify then, um, you know, for the uh, American cohort, um, how were the costs accounted for? You met, Dr. Clavian mentioned that it wasn't a question of charges to the, the payer specifically, but it was some sort of internal cost accounting. So how was that done? We, we just asked them to give us the, the total cost, which is actually cost, which included um, hospital stay, the the drugs used, um, everything that causes costs. Um, we wanted them to include. The difference what was not included in the US data compared to Switzerland was the, the, the fees for for all the, the, the surgeons or the surgeons as well as, as doctors included. So the fees for the anesthetist, the, the doctor, the resident, the surgeon were not included. So we found a little gap there. But still, there was not a big difference between um, the Swiss results and the, the American results. So um, we figured if, if we also would have gotten these results, including or the costs, including the fees for the physicians, then we would pretty much be at the same level. But it's, what we wanted are the total costs, not what, what was actually charged. But what it actually costs, and they collected this very precisely. I see that does make sense. You know, uh, for our listeners, I have the the calculator open in front of me, and I came up with a, a hypothetical patient who was 60 years old and had a colectomy, and that was complicated by uh, an acute kidney injury and uh, an abscess requiring antibiotics and a percutaneous drainage, and um, that comprehensive complication index came out to 34.6. And then the predicted costs were eleven thousand dollars or eleven thousand euro in Europe, um, thirty-two thousand Swiss franc in, in Switzerland, and then thirty-three thousand dollars in in the U.S. Um, so I can see. So that sort of reflects what you're saying that um, you know American costs and Swiss costs were a little bit different. But then we also have to add in the the professional fee for um, the American physicians that wasn't actually captured here. But overall. Um, it's fascinating work, and you know I think it certainly adds to our understanding of costs and, and complications for surgical patients. So we appreciate you all joining us. We're excited to share your work with our, our listeners. Thank you very much. Thank you very much for your interest. Until next time, dominate the day.